So how do you think about God's word? How confident are you in God's word? How confident are you in its truth and its power to change your life, to change the lives of others around you, to bring life to those who are not followers of Christ, to change the world today? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul is writing to his disciple, Timothy, and he talks about the right attitude that we ought to have toward the word of God. And he says, you know that from infancy, you have known the sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. So the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you that your word is powerful, and I pray that you would move each of us from where we are in our level of confidence in you and your word to a greater level of confidence in you and your word so that your power may be at work in our lives, so we might be your people this day, wherever we go. Through Christ I pray. Amen. You know, we live in an age of skepticism. This is not new. This has been going on for quite some time. It's not unusual to hear about people who are deconstructing their faith. It's this idea of people who, who were once Christians or said they were once Christians and, and, they're, and now because of something that's come into their life, usually it's because of some teaching of the Bible that conf- conflicts with the teachings of this world. They will now deconstruct their faith and say they don't believe in the Bible or Christianity as they once did. One person said, religion is like a blind man looking in a black room for a black cat that isn't there and finding it. We live in that kind of level of skepticism today where people think that religion is just kind of this made up thing. It's people believing myths. I heard the atheist Sam Harris recently say that to believe the Bible, you have to believe All of these contradictions aren't really there and convince yourself that what is true isn't really true and what's not true actually is. It's fair to say it's not just the atheists that are skeptical, but it's even people who claim to be teachers of the Bible. It's not an exaggeration to say that 90% of seminaries today teach that the Bible can't be believed. That's shocking, I know, but that tells you something about the state of the world that we are living. I remember a couple of years ago visiting Messiah College and hearing their theology professor, the professor in charge of theology, talk about the Bible. And he says, now we know that Timothy was not written by the Apostle Paul. And I thought to myself, no, we don't know that. How'd you come up with that? I mean, I know how he came up with that, but that's the level of skepticism in the world today. You know, um, Dr. Lewis Foster was a New Testament professor of mine, um, uh, an accomplished um, man. If you have a New International Version Bible, he was in charge of the um, translation committee for the book of Luke in that. And then he was in the greater translation committee as well. Um, Did the commentary for the NIV study Bible, the book of Luke and book of Acts. Um, Dr. Foster graduated from Harvard University, got his degree there, but he said at Harvard they didn't believe that the Bible was really true, that you could really believe the Bible at the Harvard Seminary. Kind of interestingly, though, his his father was R.C. Foster, 
And his father did all the doctoral work to be able to get his doctorate, but in his uh, board examination at Yale, years before his son graduated from Harvard, at Yale, they were insisting that he agree that the Bible isn't the infallible word of God. And because they kept insisting, he finally just walked out and he never got his doctoral degree from Yale because he wouldn't do it. See, the difference between Yale and Harvard was years before, Yale was adamant that people say they don't believe the Bible. Um, Harvard just became apathetic. They just, well, I don't care if you, what you believe. It doesn't matter, essentially, was the conclusion they came to. Yale was dogmatic. Harvard was apathetic. Both colleges were started to train ministers. The whole purpose for Harvard and Yale getting started was to start, was, was to prepare ministers. In fact, Yale got started because Harvard had become too liberal, even even in, in, in that early on for, for those people. But now neither Bible, neither seminary believes the Bible. Today, many question the Bible because it's so counterculture. I, I like G.K. Chesterton's line. He said, the Christian ideal has not been tried, tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. And that's at the base of most, most people's skepticism of the Bible. The truth is not that they've discovered genuine contradictions, genuine um, things that can't be harmonized. The truth is the standard of Scripture is elevated and Either Jesus is Lord, or we are, and if Jesus is Lord, then you can't be. We have to submit to him and not do things our own way. But if we're going to convince others, we have to be convinced ourselves. If we are going to be effective in making disciples who make disciples, if our lives are going to be changed by the Bible, then we first have to be convinced of the truth and reliability of God's word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. See, there are two approaches to the Bible. We judge it or it judges us. And the reason people deconstruct is because they want to judge the Bible and say, I don't believe the Bible is true because I don't agree with those morals. But, the, but, but God is really clear there's going to come a date when we will all give an account. And Scripture is God's truth to make us right with God. Now, experience tells me that the more convinced I am of the lostness of my world, and my own lostness, the more confident I can be in the power of God's word to change lives, the power of sharing Jesus to change others. Are you familiar with the story of Billy Graham? Many are not aware that Billy Graham began as a young preacher for uh, a group called Youth for Christ. But at one point, he began to struggle with his faith. Charles Templeton was another preacher with Youth for Christ. And quite frankly, um, Templeton was recognized as the more gifted of the two. Templeton was seen as the more intellectual of the two. 
and Templeton had a great influence on Billy Graham. Well, Templeton went to Princeton University where they taught the Bible was not reliable. And Templeton began to try to have influence on Billy Graham and to dissuade Billy Graham in his belief in scriptures. Templeton tried to convince Graham that the Bible really isn't reliable, and Graham's faith actually began to waver. His preaching, as a result, began to lose power. After completing an evangelistic crusade in Altoona, Pennsylvania, for instance, Graham fully admitted it was a flop, that there was a powerlessness in his preaching. He had few responses. He was experiencing crisis of faith. In the midst of that, he went to California to spend some time with Henrietta Mears at her place, at her, at her conference center called Forest Home. Now, Henry Edermeers was a well-known education minister at uh, Hollywood Presbyterian Church and was absolutely uncompromising in her views of Scripture. At Forest Home, Billy Graham said he intensely studied the Word of God. He sought God's voice. God, tell me what is true. Tell me what I need to understand here about your word. And he said, it says, he said, as he searched and searched, there was one phrase from the Bible that kept jumping out at him. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And at that point, a light switch turned on. It was an aha moment for Graham. He realized that he had been kind of like that man, that old man who was afraid of flying. Ever hear that story? The old man who's afraid, tr true story, um, who's afraid of flying, and, um, but he gets talked into it by his son-in-law. And the whole time, you know, he's just really nervous, holding on for dear life. And the son-in-law kind of turns one way and turns, it's a fine tr flight. It's a, they're perfectly safe the whole time. And finally they, they, they land. And after the after the old man gets off the plane, his friends ask him, so how'd you overcome your fear of flight, fear of flying? He said, I never did. He said, the truth is, I never put my full weight down. Under the influence of the Bible and Billy and, 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 um, um, and, and, and Henrietta Mears, Billy Graham realized that he was kind of like that man with the Bible, that he never really put his full weight of trust down. He realized that while he had accepted the veracity of scriptures intellectually, he had never really fully surrendered to the word of God being the power of God that brings salvation, that God uses his word to change our lives that the Holy Spirit uses his word to accomplish his purposes. So he said one night, he walked into the woods behind Miss Mears' backyard, placed his Bible on a tree stump, and entrusted every weight within him to the glory of God. Oh God, he prayed, there are many things in this book that I do not understand. 
There are many problems with it for which I have no solution. There are many seeming contradictions. There are some areas in it that do not seem to correlate with modern science. I can't answer some of the philosophical and psychological questions Chuck and others are raising. And then falling on his knees, he said, Father, I am going to accept this is thy word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and doubts, and I will believe this to be your inspired word. Billy Graham would write in his autobiography that as he stood at that moment, he felt a power and presence of God in, the, in a way that he had not experienced in months. He said a major bridge had been crossed. The next day, he preached again, and others noticed a difference. Henry Mears noted that Graham preached with authority like she'd never heard from him before. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature is hidden from him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. You know, it's interesting. I think to some degree, I... I think to a large degree, I believe the Bible because I believe I can answer all the contradictions. I believe I can correlate it with modern science. I believe all of these things, these questions that Billy Graham had, I think I can answer them intellectually. And if my faith in Scripture is simply based on my own ability to figure it out intellectually and to trust my own intellect, then I still have to come to this point of saying, I accept your word completely, even when I don't understand it. I don't, for instance, I don't know how God's word can change our generation, but, but Lord, I believe in your word to change our generation. You know, there are maybe areas of your life or people in your life, work in your life that is yet to be completed. And we have to fully surrender and say, Jesus, I believe your word is true and is powerful to change these areas, these places that I don't think can be changed. We have to believe when his word teaches love, when his church word teaches good and evil. Lord, I believe that what you teach is right and good. Rather than me trying to figure out what do I believe about hell? Is hell going to be literal? Is hell going to be eternal? For me to... Uh, my belief is not based on my ability to harmonize a theology of hell to what I want it to say. My belief is to believe that what God's word says is true and is right and is good and to fully surrender my trust to him 
in his words. It's a struggle, isn't it? On a scale of one to 100, how would you rank your trust in the Bible? How would you rank your trust in it to be true, to be able to change your life, to have the power to change your generation, to have power to, sh- to change other people? If you would just share his word, what is your trust in the power of God's word, one to 100? How would it change your life today if your number were 100? I mean, what would it look like today if you put 100% of your weight on the truthfulness and the power of God's word? Heavenly Father, this is our ambition. We would trust you and your word completely. Help us to see where we don't trust. Help us to see where we're really trusting ourselves and our own ability to agree with your word. Um, We're really trusting in our own ability to understand your word and to reason, rationalize your word or whatever. Help us, Lord, to trust you and you completely because we know that your word is as wise as your mind and your mind is way beyond our wisdom. Make us your people in this generation, Lord, We surrender to you through Christ, I pray. Amen. If you found that helpful, maybe there's somebody that you could share this with that God um, may encourage them with these words as well.